0: We are a resource for learners, including every member of the Livestrong Cancer Institute's on-track educational pipeline, from middle school to residency. We are a growing collection of interviews, talks, and experiences that uncover the myths and the uncertainties of cancer and careers in cancer, in order to empower and inspire generations of thinkers and leaders. This is Cancer Uncovered, an education and empowerment podcast by the
1: Livestrong Cancer Institutes.
2: Hello, this is Kristen Wynn, and I am part of the Livestrong Cancer Institutes at the University of Texas at Austin Dell Medical School. The Livestrong Cancer Institutes is a brand new cancer center in Austin, Texas that is here because the Livestrong Foundation gave a generous gift to Dell Medical School to start a cancer program that would revolutionize patient care and experience. In order to make that a reality, here at LCI, we conduct cancer research, we treat patients in our clinic following the calm model of whole-person care, and we educate students of all ages and walks of life, which is why you're hearing my voice right now. This is our very first episode of Cancer Uncovered, an education and empowerment podcast, The LCI creates educational experiences and opportunities for Central Texas students and teachers from middle school through residency, and we're thrilled to extend our work beyond the learners we're able to reach in person. We hope this monthly podcast empowers you to follow your aspirations of a career in healthcare and cancer. All right, now that we've met, we've got so much to share. Let's get started. In full transparency, after all, we are Cancer Uncovered. We are premiering this podcast in a season of unrest in this nation and across the world. We have gone through at least a half dozen iterations of what this first episode should be about and what we want to share with you during this time. This is an education and empowerment podcast. And in taking that title seriously, We will always aim to provide honest, relevant, resourceful perspectives and information. Our fearless leader, our department chair, Dr. Gail Eckhart, built this cancer center on the idea that we are a team of teams, that no job is too big or too small, and that every team in the cancer center is of equal value to the whole department. In this episode, you'll hear about the incredible work of our clinical team, the people that care for and treat those facing cancer and also facing the COVID 19 global pandemic. The Livestrong Cancer Institute's clinic with UT Health Austin opened its doors in December of 2018. LCI is a little different than most cancer clinics, following the calm model of whole person care. I'll have Ann Courtney, Advanced Oncology Certified Nurse Practitioner explain?
0: I didn't practice my elevator speech. and I haven't done it well. But um, So, you know, I think that what I normally explain to patients is that, you know, our model is a little bit different than other physicians' offices. And I usually say something like, you know, normally when you go into an office, you normally just see the physician or maybe you just see the nurse practitioner, or maybe just the two of them. And that's usually about it. And then often they'll say, you know, you could really use, you know, a social worker, you could really use a dietitian, or you could really use this. And then it's sort of like, well, we'll find this person somewhere. Right. And so I think like, so our, what we are deemed the SWAT team is, uh, is this like mobile, completely comprehensive unit that sort of is able to be deployed at any time. And so really the whole idea is that we have this whole support team in addition to the physician. So we usually explain that the physician holds a really, really important role in the care of the patient for oncology. But I usually say um, to patients, like, there's a whole lot of other stuff that happens besides just your chemo and your cancer. You have a whole life that we have to help, you know, support. So that means you still have like work and your kids and your dogs and laundry and like bills to pay and you still have all these things to try to coordinate and that's where our team comes in and so we're able to really help with the psychosocial and emotional and you know relationship component and how how does your marriage change with all this like how do you know in the relationship with your kids and and what do you do about fertility? And what do you do about your nutrition or advanced care planning? And the ability for us to be able to have these conversations as a team when you're literally on the same phone call. I mean, that is really unheard of. Like, it, it doesn't happen that you're actually able to debrief as a team. And I think a lot of, you know, the cancer centers that do have some of these components of other pr- providers, you know, they have them, but. I think the difference is they don't all come back to the same huddle room in the morning and in the afternoon and, you know, sometimes in the evening, but let's be real. We all work all the time. But I mean, I think like you're, the difference is we're able to talk about patients in a very different light with this collaborative approach. Um, And so really they, I mean, I hope they feel like they have a whole team besides just the medical oncologist. And so. Um, And so it's been kind of cool because we really, truly have deployed in a mobile fashion via Zoom. And so a lot of the Zoom calls, we have all, you know, five or six of us on with the patient and their family in another city.
2: Anne is referring to the changes recently made to care for patients during the COVID-19 pandemic. Let's let her talk more about how telehealth and using platforms like Zoom is changing the game for healthcare.
0: I have no doubt it's going to look different. I think that, you know, telehealth, you're also talking to someone who is very passionate about telehealth even prior to this. And so I definitely coming from a different lens and I was very excited, you know, pre-COVID. And so I have no doubt that this is going to change healthcare. I think that, um, you know, we really have to rethink What delivering care looks like. And I think that, you know, patients, there's a lot of patients who are very, very happy that they're able to see their provider. I think one of the coolest things is being able to see patients, you know, at home. And let's say their child is in another state or city or whatever, and they want to be able to participate in that call uh, with the team to make sure that they have the big picture. That has been one of the best things. And I think anyone who has experienced their parent being ill and you know, I've dealt with this personally living in another state. It is so hard to get a good sense of what's actually happening. And now being able to like zoom in, you know, family members, beautiful. I mean, that's been really cool. I think there's always going to be that little bit missing, right? So like, I used to, you know, hug a lot of my patients before they left. And so there's like just that little bit of, you know, there's always something that changes when you meet someone physically in person, right? And so I think that it's been really great for the patients that we already have that really personal relationship established. And now we're moving over Zoom. It's been a little trickier for patients who were meeting for the first time on Zoom. And so I will, and this is like, we've never done this before, literally as like a healthcare system. So I think it'll be interesting to see like what happens after we meet them in person. So what is it like going from a Zoom relationship only to now being in person and will that be better worse I'm not you know I'm not sure um so you know on the flip side I get to see their living room every I've seen so many ceiling fans right I mean I, I get to see like their their life and their dog I mean like that just doesn't happen I think there's also an element of humanity that we've been able to see I mean like all right, let's get real. So this morning, I had a p- call with this patient who is a transplant patient. And we were talking about the mental, you know, the mental benefits of having a dog. And he said, Well, I only want a non petting dog. So here I picked, I reached down, I grabbed my poodle mix, my little mini poodle mix. And I said, here, here's an example of a poodle dog. I'm like, that does not happen. Right. And, and I think like, that then we're able to connect over my poodle dog that that's another level of connection that we have as a provider and patient that I wouldn't, wouldn't be able to do in person. So I think like it kind of goes both ways um, with establishing a different type of personal relationship.
2: I was lucky enough to catch a few other members of our busy clinical team and get them in a socially distanced conversation all together.
1: Hi, I'm Amanda Matthews, and I'm the oncology nurse here at Livestrong Cancer Institutes. Most of what I do is on the phone. During my day, I may triage calls as they come in, or I may set up and coordinate some of the procedures and things that our patients need. I do see patients when they're in the clinic at times, when they need procedures or lab draws and and things where I may be assisting. But for the most part, I really do a lot of telephone work and triage and such.
3: Oh, hi, my name is Joe Arndt. I'm a gastrointestinal intestinal medical oncologist. Um, and I also work as a clinician scientist at the Livestrong Cancer Institute. So I look after patients with the gastrointestinal cancer and specialize in medical treatment. And also I do research in pancreatic cancer uh, in the lab. Uh, I've been uh, with the Livestrong Cancer Institute for one year and three months. Mm-hmm.
4: Hi, uh, my name is Monica. I'm the medical assistant for let Strong. Um, I've been here for the same as Anne, like year and a half, almost two years since the beginning the clinic opened. I pretty much am the first person um, or one of the first persons that the patient sees when they come um, to the clinic. I do I room patients' vitals, um, go through like pretty much all their intake, medications, allergies, and I'm um, also here and there, get records for patients, uh, and make sure like, that um, everything's ready for that provider when they see the patient physically.
2: Since we're investigating cancer careers, I asked Amanda, Jaw, and Monica about the best but also the most challenging parts of their work.
1: The best part of my job I feel right now is really that I get to see kind of everything as it goes. A lot of oncology, or a lot of nursing jobs, you kind of jump into patient situations and then you're out of it as well. So you may only see them for a few days if you work in the hospital or you may just give chemotherapy if you're in the infusion center and then you don't see a lot of the patient outside of that. And so my current job, I actually get to be a part of the patient's team from start to finish as as I can kind of follow along and see how they're doing and um, help them through everything that goes on. The other part of that is our program specifically is trying to do something very different in medicine, and that's exciting to see um, how we may be able to change just medicine going forward um, and, and how things are done. The hardest part of my job actually comes from that piece in that because we're creating something unique and different, a lot of things that in other jobs may have been pretty easy to to operationally do, just kind of run through things very quickly. A lot of what we're doing is recreating those easy tasks in a different way that's more meaningful to patients. And so recreating pathways that you're used to working very easily can be tricky.
3: Yeah, so I think the the best part of my job is about the dynamism associated with my job. So I can interact with the patients, patients' families, the team, all the teams and the clinical team, also the team that are really supporting us to do a good, very good job in the clinic. So um, that interaction is quite a stimulating and it's, at times is challenging, but I think oh, we're all working together to really uh, provide the best care for the patients. And also we interact with all the trainings, medical students and the uh, professionals in different multiple dis- multidisciplinary teams. So that really is the uh, exciting part of my job. And also, um, you can get a lot of satisfaction for really providing the best care to the patient. That really makes a difference to their cancer journey. The challenging part, or probably the most uh, difficult part, is based in preparing patients from transitions to active care, to the palliative care, best supportive care. So I think see, that uh, really is a delicate thing to do for a clinician and a clinical team, because uh, sometimes we really feel that we haven't really prepared the patients enough to really to be ready to go into the palliative care phase or the dominant phase of their illness. And I don't really think that is the right way to do it, one particular right way to do it. Uh, there's a, The situation is very complex and we have to adapt and make sure that patients are ready. But I think uh, I really feel that sometimes I haven't really done my job well. So I think that is the most challenging part.
4: Um, the best part is um, interacting with patients, um, uh, like just smiling at them and writing their name on the board whenever they come in, um, even though, you know, they're coming in for a hard you know, thing or something that is going through their body. I mean, just making little details, making a difference in their appointment makes a huge difference. Um, so I just like to bring smiles to my patients. Um, the other thing that I enjoy is, you know, my, others, my other language, which is Spanish. Um, so that bonding with my Spanish-speaking patients, um, I really enjoy because, you know, those patients feel more like, I guess, somebody's connecting with them on their language. So that's what I enjoy connecting with patients. Um, One of the hardest things I would say is technology um, for me personally, but I guess also, you know, with patients, you know, like um, our telehealth patients, you know, some are more old school. um, They don't really know how to download Zoom or stuff like that. so technology and then making sure, you know, patients get links or, you know, like um, records, all that stuff. um, That's been like one of the challenges is technology um, with the COVID right now.
2: I asked the team what advice they would give someone that was interested in pursuing a career in healthcare, and specifically cancer. Here's what they said.
1: I would challenge people to kind of dig in deeper before they make a decision on that. Um, What I've found over the years, there are a lot of misconceptions about what it's like to be working in cancer. Um, One of the biggest being that people think that it's the saddest thing that could happen and all of your day is filled with sadness. But what I would say is that that is not typical and that is not what we see. And um, even before I got into oncology, I had some of those same misconceptions. So I would say talk to someone who is in the field of cancer, find out the things that they, um, they can share with you to see if that is something that you would really be interested in. It's a, it's a great place to be and it's a fun place to be in a lot of cases and very uplifting. Um, and so it's, that, that would be my advice is to think about that.
3: From a, from a hacker delivery point of view, we are, are trying our our best to really deliver the best care. But I think we really cannot really underestimate what our patients are going through at this very difficult time. Um, it must really be very difficult for them to get a cancer diagnosis and really to adapt to this horrible situation. And then then also they are very high risk of developing COVID-19 and um, with all these immunocompromised expression. So I really feel for them. And then I think that's the, we should really definitely to, to try to, to improve as we go along, just to really, really think about what they are really going through and how can, how we can really improve to even to help them better.
4: Um, I would say, I mean, of of course, like, you know, every, it's a everyday changing. Um, There's not pretty much like any single day that goes by the same. There's also a lot of learning, Um, even though you, I mean, I've been here almost two years and um, I still learn lots of new things every single day, you know, like every patient is different. Um, Even like, you know, even like blood results or chemo um, therapy, um, it might be different for every patient. So it's a learning experience. And also um, it's for somebody who really, really like um, enjoys, you know, Talking with patients. Um, even though, you know, in healthcare careers, you do have patient interactions, but in oncology, I mean, it's a different kind of interaction. You know, you have to be there pretty much throughout their whole time.
2: I also asked the same questions of Ann Courtney What are the best and most challenging parts of your job? And what advice would you give to someone who wants to pursue cancer as a career?
0: I would probably say the best part of my job is being able to really help make the whole journey through the cancer treatment a little less scary. Um, And so being able to really help support them um, as a team um, and especially their families, um, I feel like that's really the best part is being able to support them in the way that I would want to be supported with either myself or my, my own family. So that feels really good. I would say the hardest part, um, it changes, but I would say even right now in light of COVID, it's honestly actually trying to keep up with the constant updates. Um, you know, we just, I had a meeting about this earlier that it's, it's hard, you know, we're all on, you know, email fatigue. We get tons of updates, you know, on a daily basis. Some of them are really important. Um, and so I think that's probably the hardest is trying to, um, keep up with all that in real time. Well, I'm so biased, of course. Um, I think that it is honestly one of the, you know, greatest gifts to work in oncology for like several reasons. I mean, I think it's really, it's really honestly an honor to be able to participate in one of the most intimate, you know, experiences of someone's life and to be able to have an impact on that. Um, So I think from, you know, an emotional human connection, you, you know, there's very few things that can sort of top that. And then there's all the other components to just a career that can be really exciting. So, you know, the science and clinical trials, um, the, you know, the experiences working with coworkers. I mean, you, you really get uh, such a great well-rounded experience um, being in the oncology setting and you kind of get to, cherry pick the really like top priorities that you have in your life and all the sort of segments, um, and make it, um, a really pleasurable experience as a human. I think that's, I, I have nothing but great things to say. And, and I think even, even the really sad times, um, I would say that, you know, all of us, right. Who have been, uh, in the cancer world, you just, it actually makes you re appreciate life. And you look at, things with a different lens. And that's like a gift to be able to do.
2: For more information about the UT Health Austin Livestrong Cancer Institute's clinic, visit uthealthaustin.org. To find out more about the Livestrong Cancer Institute's, check out delmed.utexas.edu. You can read more about the CALM model of care in the Oncology Times, the Journal of Clinical Pathways, and the Journal of Clinical Oncology. There are also some great videos on YouTube giving a crystal clear look into how the CALM model of care works. And you might even get a chance to see Anne and Monica. You can also follow Gail, our chair, on Twitter at S.GailEckhart. Eckhart Eckhart is spelled E-C-K-H-A-R-D-T. If you have questions for Anne, Amanda, Ja, or Monica, or more cancer questions that we can uncover, email us at LivestrongCancerInstitutes at delmed.utexas.edu. Please make sure institutes is plural. If you liked this podcast, please make sure to subscribe. We will plan to visit with the other teams within our department in episodes coming soon. In the meantime, for our second episode, as our nation finally begins to address centuries of systemic racism, we will hear from Dell Medical School students of color in a discussion about their experiences with race, medical education, and the future of healthcare. We hope you will join us for this important conversation. This is Cancer Uncovered. Thank you for listening.